Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. Uh, this is another tribute episode. It's a tribute to a family we both knew. I think Rich knew him better than I did, but the Gold family out of Chicago, Audrey, Eddie, Steve. Bruce is still with us, but uh, the parents and the son, mainstays of the National have passed away. But uh, thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Creating, Beckett Authentication, Beckett Media. So, Rich, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Jim. It's always melancholy when we're doing a tribute, but that, that was a, a pretty amazing family, the Gold family. It was. Eddie and Audrey were a love story. And they were married for 45 years. The last time I saw them was at 2002 at the Sabre National in Boston. Actually, their 45th anniversary was during the convention. Some of us went out to dinner with them one night, which was really neat. And by the end of the year, they were both no longer with us. And Steve battled cancer for many years before it finally got him, and we all hate cancer too. But they, as AU Sports, their legacy lives on, as I believe they are one of the few people who have attended every single national. As AU Sports, obviously none of them are attending every national, but mm -hmm. AU Sports has been at every national, and now they split their booth. Is there still an AU Sports retail there is store still in an the AU Sports. suburb of Chicago? Yes. Is in Skokie? Where, where was they it? They moved from Skokie. I don't know exactly. They were in Skokie. They were on Dempster Avenue in Skokie. Right. It was like 57 and a 12 and a half. It was like yeah. the wildest address you ever saw. And every time I would go to Chicago, I would try to have extra time to go to their store. And it was guaranteed just by rooting around in their store, I would spend $100 of your money finding weird stuff. Weird stuff. stuff. Yep. And, and I knew I barely touched the surface. And it was good for $100 no matter what. Like three, four times a year. I'd come home with interesting stuff. Were they well organized in their store? Yes and no. Because I thought yes and no, yeah, yeah. There was a lot that was organized, but they had so much they could not be organized on everything. Uh, they have an island of misfit cards? I think so in some yeah, ways. Yeah. And they would buy albums, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, but they would buy collections. And if somebody walked in with an album, they had a standard price, and this is a long time ago, $25 to buy the album if there were a couple things in there. That was like their standard offer for any album. And they had their own methods of knowing how to buy to make sure merchandise continued to be fresh. One of my funniest stories about buying from them, <laughs> I'm at some national, and I found this Reggie Jackson card from 1969. And I paid $5 for it. So we listed it at $5 in the almanac since mm. it was the only card we mm. knew of it. John Slater, who did the checklist for baseball hobby news back in the day, called me and said, by the way, that's a $40 card. Because I paid 40 for mine, and that's what they are on eBay. I don't know where you came up with the $5 price. Uh, John, I paid $5 for it, and I didn't really research it more than that. Sorry. We went up to $40 for the next year. <laughs> was Eddie a Sabre celebrity? Yes, he was a big Sabre. In fact, this trivia contest is named after him. It's the Eddie Gold Trivia Contest now. Okay. Now, yeah. you're outstanding at trivia, too. Were you... So your championship was on Eddie's team? Yes. Yeah. Eddie always called me the heavy hitter, but I always said he was the heavy hitter of the team. But it, we were very good. We always were together. And in Milwaukee in 2001, I really didn't want to do it anymore. By that point, I really didn't want to do it. I was maybe a half step past where I really wanted to be. And I put Eddie onto a team that was like a super team. And I said, just go there. You'll win. You'll have a good time. I'm okay. I don't need to win more, but it's more important to you. But Eddie wrote some of the first trivia books ever. He was an expert on a lot of stuff. and he Was he a journalist? He, he, yeah, he, he wrote, wrote for the Sun-Times. Yeah, Sun-Times, yeah. And he had a column on the Sun-Times about sports and trivia, but he also covered other trivia mm. as well. But Audrey was unusual in the business at the time because she actually was the knowledge. Card knowledge. Card knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And there weren't a lot of women with card knowledge, but Audrey was. And I actually learned one important life trick from Audrey, which was when you go to a restaurant, always try to tip the waiter in cash. Because Interesting. And goes, they're sure to get it? They're sure to get it. <laughs> I think she was pretty street smart. <laughs> she was very sure. street smart. Uh, and can, are we allowed to talk at that time where she followed you into a place she shouldn't have followed you? I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, you can't uh, you can't unremember things. <laughs> Let's just say Audrey followed Jim into, into a place. Well, I wasn't playing dodgeball or anything, but I don't know. She wanted to ask me something, and so she followed me into a room that had the, <laughs> the, the wrong symbol on the door. <laughs> My perception is that the, Audrey and Eddie were a little bit older than me, and Steve and Bruce, the, the sons, were a little bit younger than you. That is, would that be about right? That would be correct in terms of, yes, they are older than you because Eddie served in Korea. Oh, okay. Well, so they're like my dad. The, yes, he's probably he was probably about you. So he'd be he'd, he'd probably a couple of years younger than your dad, give or take. Oh, okay, okay. I, but not by a lot. And I think Steve and Bruce are a couple of years younger than me, yeah, as we yeah. think about it. Yeah. Steve and I always tried to get together at every show, at least for one dinner, because it was just fun to hear him talk about what was going on. Steve was really into it, but it just seemed like he had health problems for a long time. Yeah, he did, but he hit it pretty well. But compared to Bruce, he looked to like he was the picture of hell. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'd go up to the store and Audrey would show me drawers where they had certain good cards hidden. And they would have quantities of the good cards. They'd bring out some here and some there just to keep it out. But they always had certain things in abeyance wait, waiting for the next show or waiting for a price explosion. So they were selling but holding at the same time. I want to ask you a sensitive question. My sense is that... Where they lived, there was anti-Semitism. I'm just wondering, and I think our hobby is pretty tolerant of different religions, races, all that stuff. But we're still, it's part of America. But I'm just wondering, especially with the fact that you and I both go back four or five decades with the Golds. I'm just wondering, because you'd like to think that stuff doesn't happen. It's funny you mentioned that, because I heard an interview the other day, the POTUS channel on Sirius, with the ACLU lawyer, who is Jewish, yeah. who defended the Nazis' right to march in Skokie. And we're talking about Skokie, where their store exactly. was. This is where the march was. Exactly. And they probably looked at it. It's a good storefront. It's a good place. We're in business. We don't have to deal with this, so we're just here. And they didn't live that far from the store. Yeah. So it was like a convenient location. And I don't think there was ever an issue with them hitting anti-Semitism in the store. So I don't think it was that type of problem. But it certainly does not bring good remembrances of Skokie, Illinois, to a lot of people. I'm just trying to figure who would be their enemies based on anything other than something that is inappropriate. Because I think their store was fun. I've, I've been in their store, but not as much as you. But and, and they were nice. They were accommodating. They had really interesting stuff. They really cared about the industry. Like I said, Eddie was this trivia champ, baseball through and through. But then some people make decisions yeah. based on other things. But I'd hate to see that. But like I said, I, I just think they were held in high regard well, the within other, the hobby. They were consistent. The other solid. thing with being in Skokie is if you're a baseball card store, your job is to make money for the people who buy for you or the collect yeah. or sell in a way where they can sometimes make money or just build their collection. So nobody's going to look at you based on your religion. They're mostly card collectors are going to look at you based on what can you do for me. And so when it comes to that, all they worry about is green. But I'm just saying their name was gold. Yes. But I don't think they were overpriced. No. They were reasonably priced. And I learned something else not related to this. Very important. I did an appearance. They had a newsletter they would mail out to several hundred people. 
And it was announced that I would be there just as if I work for Beckett. Yeah. yeah, ask questions. He'll be here at such and such a time. And three people came. And that taught me it's almost overblown when people talk about bad things if they can meet you in person. When they meet you in person, uh, it's not as bad as they can be on Sportsnet. Remember, right. we had to deal with Sportsnet. Today, it's Twitter or Facebook or all these places. And yet, when they meet you in person, unless there's a real issue, most people are pretty common. If you're able to unpack, if there is even an issue, but sometimes people are mad at you for something you didn't even say <laughs> that you're, well, or some position that you took that you didn't really take. But again, like I say, the Golds, they were mainstays of the national. And right up front, they, their table priority had to be... Well, their table priority, 40, yeah, I mean, they're, they're 41 40, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, so they were at every one. So they're picking in the top 10, the top five probably, right? Top three now. Yeah. It's almost where John Ramirez is and B.A. Murray, they're going to be next to each other and the Golds are going to be somewhere almost immediately yeah. at the front and where they're going to be. And as we talked about or in a future episode, there's a continuity even when you walk in the National and you see the familiar faces right in the very front of the room. I did some Father's Day episodes, and you can see there was a, a mom and a dad and a son, uh, two sons, but the one son that was very heavily involved in the business. Do you think it's good or bad that some of these businesses that we're seeing card shops, longtime card shops, that it, it's difficult to have a generational transfer? And yet the viruses are up to three generations. The viruses are up to three, and some of these others, but it, it's hard to have a card shop, period. Uh, much less have a card shop can be successful for several decades. This is going to sound strange, but I think if you're involved at a young age running a card shop or working with somebody who runs a card shop, your skills are such where, unless you really just like retail and move, doing that, a business can look at you. You've already done all this. You'd be perfect for this and this. And your future is actually better, if you so desire, than running the card shop. Now, there'll be Okay, other... so you're saying running a card shop is so helpful, it provides you a lot of alternative <laughs> opportunities yes. to be involved in small business. Or big business. If I was a hiring manager and I saw somebody had been working in a card shop, I might say, you already have all those skills already? Okay, we'll put you into a training program for this because you've had to handle all sorts of customers when you have to handle harder people. And the, the SKUs, all the different cards are yeah. out there. And to really have not an encyclopedic knowledge, but have a broad-based knowledge of what the inventory is. And I feel sorry for some of these people today. When you and I were starting, an encyclopedic knowledge was one thing. It was knowing the card numbers. Today, in fact, I got an email today from somebody I'm, I'm going to use quote unquote training at work. Can you add this set to the ComC database? It was like the 12th different variation or parallel of a Bowman Chrome insert set. Yeah. It was like Mojo pink number to 199. Okay, it's entered for you. But I'm just thinking, do we really need all these versions of these cards? I can't keep up. You can't keep up. It's a full-time job for a lot of these people, for a, a lot of places, just to hire somebody just to keep up. And they can't keep up anymore. There's an ideal, optimal complexity in our industry. If you go beyond that, people throw up their hands and say, it's too complicated. If it's too simple, I don't think we're ever going to get back to those days in the 50s when you just had base cars and a base set. But something in between is appropriate. And one of the things is we're talking about complexity. The golds, if you know, you and I have been in the store, they had autographs, they had memorabilia. Steve actually papered the the, uh, the bathroom with 88 Donruss cards. Oh. That became the wallpaper was just 88 Donruss. So a good use for 88 Donruss cards for those that are worried that we could fill up landfills with those. And they had magazines, they had books. Eddie wrote a bunch of books and they would bring guests in. Steve brought guests in later. They did all sorts of things to really improve their business. They never stopped. It seemed like they were innovators. It seemed like they had 
a very eclectic inventory. It wasn't like they just had here just all the tops cards. Here's the Donruss and the Fleer. They always had some obscure stuff, which is one of the reasons you liked going there. I love going there. As I said, I found stuff. It was a Reggie's Regiment card, by the way. I couldn't okay, think of the name. Okay, okay. And I loved finding stuff just rooting around. They knew I wasn't going to take anything, so they let me root into places where right. most people didn't get to root. But I was always good for 95, 100, 110 every time I went there. So it was fun to have it. How yes. many people do you think know that AU Sports, where they got the AU? I did. I found no. it. That's why Audrey loved me because it's the, it's the. Is that rare nowadays? Or? Yes, that's very rare. Nope. Not too many people know the, the chemical symbols, symbols for gold. They might not even know to Google it or to look it up, but I thought that was very clever. But that, was, and again, that's the cleverness of that family. Yes. They, they each had their own little twinkle in their eye. So the AU sports is probably the ultimate twinkle for they were true gold. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Rich. Thanks, thanks for the trip down memory lane to honor Audrey and Eddie and Steve and, and the best wishes to Bruce who's still around. If the AU Sports still lives at the National. Pop in on him. Again, thanks, everybody. Be back tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. Is doing all right.